the number one podcast for great stories from the world of magic, circus, comedy, and variety. You're listening to Talking Tricks. Hello and welcome to Talking Tricks, a podcast with us, Kane and Abel, two magicians with the exact same voice, two magicians with their tents packed, their baby wipes on the side, not sure if we can bring them. No, I don't bring them. Soon to depart to Glastonbury Festival of the Performing Arts, the biggest festival in the world. And very, very quickly, we will be performing daily. I want to get this out of the way because this is a Glastonbury preview. We're going to preview everything you need to know and do if you're going to enjoy the festival. But Kane and Abel will be on at the Theatre and Circus Field at 10.30 and 1.30 every day. 10.30am. Not every day. 1.30pm. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Festival. You and hardcore Wednesday and Thursday festival goers, you cannot see Kane and Abel until the Friday. Abel. Mm. Um... Good idea, this, for the podcast. Thank you. Us chatting about Glastonbury. But I thought it would be a good opportunity to kill some birds with stones. Because I've had a lot of emails. You? Yeah. I didn't know you knew how to use an email. Kane at talkingtricks.co.uk has been going off the chart with lots of people requesting to hear a little bit more of the guy that does the voiceovers halfway through the show. Oh, and at the beginning of the show as well. At the, well, wherever you put him in, I don't know. Yeah, you don't listen. <laughs> but I'm swamped, I, I can't listen because I'm swamped under with all these emails. Okay. So, I've only got to brought the voiceover guy in with me today. Is that the man under the Lego bricks in the corner? It's the man, to, you've got to smash open the bricks. <laughs> okay. Have a look at who's inside. <laughs> I'm smashing open the bricks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look, here we go. It's David Lowe. Hello, David. Hello. Everyone has a mate called Dave, and this is mine. Now, what a lot of people want to know is, why on earth is David Lowe the third leg of this tripod to dissect and preview the Glastonbury Festival of Performing Arts? Because he's going. Because he's going. That's yeah, it. I was going to say, I would love to know as well, because... It's because you bought a ticket. I bought a ticket, but I'm hardly a veteran. You're not. You're close to a festival virgin. Yeah, <laughs> I am. I mean, I've, I've been to Glastonbury once before, and yeah, I'm going again. Just I love it once. so much, I'm back, yeah. Was that not last year, the year before? It was. And you got lost? And I got lost. Yeah, you got back in then. I got back in. That's important. Do you want to tell that story? Well, I can, but I wonder whether we, we do that later. I don't know. I, you tell me. I don't know how... Well, I was going to kick off this podcast. Oh, we better do it in structure. Oh, we better not we break had. Abel's magic little list of well, the order of how we Also, do I didn't know that you two alternated the intro, the first line. I actually thought it was all Lawrence speaking. I, that's the, I, that is magic. Yeah. I didn't even know Ed was a part of this, to be perfectly honest. Wow, well, that's his main contribution. <laughs> he does half of the opening paragraph. And yeah. I answer the emails. <laughs> and he answers the emails, yeah. So if we could wrap this up, because I need to go back to the... Uh, <laughs> swapped out for the emails. Yeah. Well, I, I do have a little list of things I want to tackle and attack to give everyone a, a flavour of what to expect at Glastonbury this year. Uh, there is a, a moment that Kane suggested there teased almost out of David, which I think would fall into either best memories or worst memories <laughs> of Glastonbury Festival. So we will kick that off. Um, Kane, seeing as you've been many years, yeah. give us your best best Glastonbury memory so far. My best memory is David Lowe <laughs> <laughs> walking off-site. How big's the site? Do you know what it is? It's very big. A hundred square metres, something like that, is it? Yeah. It's huge, isn't it? I think it's probably a bit bigger than that. Um, 
That's <laughs> yeah. where it is. Yeah. It's a little, you're looking at the Glastonbury model that we've made out of Lego. That's where you think it's 100 square uh, right. meters. Is that the size of the screen, is it? Um, my best Glastonbury moment is yeah when David Lowe managed to walk off site, which is a, a feat in its own. Well, we better, we better hear from the horse's mouth. David, and then somehow managed to get in. I think it's important because people listening to this podcast on the coach on the way to Glastonbury, as I'm sure they're all going to be. Absolutely. They might then walk off site accidentally yeah. and be like, and then they'll meet a nasty security guy that'll say, you can't come back in. Your festival's over. Weekend <laughs> over. And they'll think, oh, if only we'd heard the story of how David Lowe managed to get back into Glastonbury. <laughs> Well, David, I don't know if this falls into the section of best moment or worst moment, but do tell the full story. Okay, well, I'll probably start by saying it does fall into the worst moment because it wasn't ideal. Uh, So, yeah, I was, this was 2017 Glastonbury, um, right? Yeah. Yeah. Two years ago. And I had a lot to drink. I won't lie. I was quite drunk. Um, I also had a a name on my uh, lineup that I really wanted to see, which was, of course, Scouting for Girls. Uh, who are like a pop indie band that I, I, to be honest, I'm not a massive fan of, but they've got a few bangers and I was like, yeah, I want to go see them. So I went off by myself to go find Scout for Girls. I have a, a pretty good sense of direction normally, but that went out the window because I've been drinking so much. And I was wondering, wondering, like trying to find the stage they were on, which was one of the smaller stages. And like, it's a hundred square meter size. I don't know if you know, it's a big, big old site. So I got, I got pretty lost. And yeah, just kept on walking, kept on walking, like, oh, it must be around here somewhere. And then there was a horrid moment of realisation that I'd gone too far. Not drink-wise, foot, footfall-wise, I'd left Glastonbury behind. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was in my past. You'd walked more oh, than 100 square meters. <laughs> yes, I, I'd somehow walked, I think, through the VIP camping area, which I shouldn't have been allowed in without a pass, past that, outside the festival grounds, and I was... I was, it was in the wilderness, I was, I was lost. So I, um, That's a different festival, isn't it? Well, it is, yeah. Wilderness, yeah, I was in wilderness. <laughs> yeah, a few months after Glastonbury. <laughs> so, yeah, I turned round, like, no problem, I can go, I'll go back, I'll go find Scamp for Girls. And I got back, and then I met, as you uh, preluded to, I met a nasty security guard in a little hut who said, no, you can't come back in, you haven't got the paperwork or the pass to get back in. And I was drunk, so I started crying. And I, <laughs> which is something I do when I'm drunk. So I was like, well, just when you're drunk. Yeah, yeah don't, I'll cry. Hair, <laughs> hair extensions were falling out. Yeah. So I was like, I mean, I'm innocent. You know, this was my first Glastonbury. I was, I was like, but I just walked past you. I walked past you like 10 minutes ago. You must have seen me. I didn't know where I am. So anyway, I spent the next, I think, roughly 45 minutes to an hour filling in forms in a little hut to try and get back in. Clearly, I'd missed scouting for girls by this point, which probably contributed to my my um, my sadness. Um, yeah, but I mean, you, you basically go to a little hut and you're, you know, you're interrogated. It's like being on a border, like coming through. And yeah, they they took my name, they took my details. I had to, I showed them my band, but you know, that was meaningless there, you know, it was a lawless place. And then eventually they, uh, yeah, he let me through. But by then, you know, the tears had flown uh, freely and I'd missed scouting for girls and yeah, I'd sob it up. So that's basically it. So if in doubt, turn on the waterworks. If in doubt, cry your eyes out. <laughs> now, Ed Kane, I want to hear some of your... Well, David shared a bad memory. How about you tell us the memory of uh, when you decided to drive uh, a carload full of your chums and soup 
to Glastonbury for the first time. And uh, you stopped off at Stonehenge, I believe, and then badness happened. Tell us that, because that falls into, you know, some traffic information people might need to know for Glastonbury. Yeah, don't drive, it's not worth it. <laughs> Get the train. Like, it sounds great, but... Um, yeah, don't, just don't drive to Glastonbury. Are Scout with the girls there this year? No. Oh, yeah. so you'll never get to see them? No. It's no. Either now or never. Now or never. Um, the first year we went to Glastonbury, Ava, which you might be able to tell the listeners when that was, but it's not really important. It doesn't really matter, does it? I believe it was 2010. Was Beyonce there? It was the Beyonce, U2 and Coldplay were t- headliners. Were they? Yeah. People will email you if it wasn't 2010. Well, yeah. I'll I think one just came in right now. Good work on the on the guest you brought <laughs> with you this week. Hey, fantastic! Hey, you're a popular guy, don't you? Um, yeah. Mrs. Lowe emailing in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, long story short, yeah, it was quite a bad time actually because um, me, you, Andy Bates, yeah, my good friend, um, decided to drive to Glastonbury all the way from Shropshire. Took a long time, stopped at Stonehenge on the way. We were in a 1995 Renault Clio, David, which was my first car, which I still kind of miss. No, I don't have it. (laughs) No, this is where it was written off. Um, And I just, the car itself cost £600. I bought it off a family member who, and now I think about it, I think he screwed me over a little bit. Um, and I'd spent another £600, maybe this is about three years after I bought it, doing it all up, making it all good. Brand new brakes, very important to the story, brand new brakes. And we got to Stonehenge all fine, and then drove the last final little bit into Glastonbury, and someone put their brakes on in front of me. Poor old Leo the Cleo went flying straight into the back of these girls. Uh, airbag came on. That was quite exciting, wasn't it? Yeah. Dust everywhere. Crisps everywhere, I noticed, because I think Bates had just opened a bag of crisps <laughs> in the back. It Sounds was, about right. Was, was their breaker like a legal move, or were they? was it a bit shady and they shouldn't really have... We were in very slow-moving traffic. Um, were we on the A35? or the? It's a notoriously bad road. Apparently so, which yeah. is what our father said yeah. once we told him that we crashed the car. Well, yeah. I crashed the car. He didn't say beforehand, Are you okay? avoid the A55 or whatever it yeah. is. Um, he just afterwards went, oh yeah, I suppose that is quite a bad right? <laughs> <laughs> I probably should have warned you about that before, boys. Yeah, when he finished a day <laughs> sweeping chimneys by the <laughs> Yeah, well, he's a burglar, our father. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, I've got to do it for your ass. Um, yeah, so wrote off Leo the Cleo, joined the AA at the roadside, the... Automobile Association, not Alcoholic Anonymous. No. Um, and then, but the guy that picked us up, the guy came and picked us up, took the car, and then we ended up getting the train to Glastonbury, and the car got written off, and that was the end of Leo the Cleo. And the AA, I remember, were ringing during Glastonbury, and were like, hey, do you want to come look at your car? And Ed was just like, nah, not anymore. I'll come on Monday. <laughs> I'll come on Monday. Yeah. But it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. This is, you know, pre-smartphone days. 
So it was it, it was it was difficult. Mm. Well, it must have been a little bit further back than 2010. <laughs> I think its smartphones were around, but maybe not sufficient. Um, well, my worst memory at Glastonbury is... No one cares, no one asks you what you're doing. You're coming in, too many with your two I've sets. actually just had an email in as well. <laughs> I'm pleased those emails. I did poo myself last year. Uh, mainly <laughs> the reason that I pooed myself was... I like, couldn't believe you didn't go home. I know. Someone went, oh yeah, he's... Uh, they didn't say poo. No. But we can say whatever word we want on this. In theory, podcast, in theory you can, yeah. Um, you'd, sh- you'd shack yourself. You wouldn't have gone home for that, would you? I was yeah. like, he's gone home. Of what course he's gone. Why have you gone home? I mean, like... You know him, though, don't you? Yeah, you but know? I do like to be clean. The issue is, if I think... Obviously, we were in the artist camping. <laughs> so, I had the ability, when I pooed myself, to have a really nice hot shower and someone had left David Beckham body wash in there. Yeah. So I got very clean. If I wasn't able to clean the poo off me, mm-hmm. I might have considered Can we home. rewind to the start of the story, like how, how you pooed yourself? Like There's why? a lesson for the listener, yes. Okay. So I was not policing. Too much lemon sherbet. I, was, I had a little bit of lemon sherbet the night before. Yeah. And then also, I was not policing my own toilet paper oh. or baby wipes so then when I woke up in the morning I had to ask my tent buddy for some toilet roll she <laughs> took a little bit longer than I would have hoped to give me the toilet roll didn't understand the how long did it take to find a bit of toilet exactly. roll was there, exactly. can you show me the urgency in your voice yeah, I was kind of like um, oh I mean it's hard yeah. <laughs> to do the urgency of a, about to poo yourself yeah. when you're I mean, very comfortable right now yeah. But yeah, I was like, can I have the toilet roll, please? Yeah, see, there's no urgency in that at all. But then it was like, yeah, I, that sounds like you just need to blow your nose. Yeah. <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> but I think the, a sense of urgency arrived in my voice as certain parts of my body relaxed. <laughs> and then I ran to the, uh, to the toilets. And, you know, I was running to the toilet and it was a hot morning. And I was like, God, I think my legs are sweating. What are you wearing here at the moment? Jeans, skin okay. jeans. Yeah. And then when I got to the toilet, I realised it was not sweat. Oh, no. It was poo. Right. I pooed myself. So that was my worst memory. That's disgusting. Yeah, it's not a disgusting, disgusting story. And coming up, we are going to be hearing from comedian Steve Best, magician Paul Nathan, and the patriarch of Oddball's juggling company, Alex Oddball's. They're going to be sharing their most... Memorable moments from Glastonbury Festival. No uh, good or bad, really. Well, we'll let you make your mind up there. And coming up, as I said, we are going to preview all of the music from this year's festival, as well as comedy and variety, and there'll be more food, travel, weather tips, and we will see who will be those secret sets. That's coming up for a minute, but for now, here's a little bit of scouting for girls on Talking Tricks with Kate at it. Yeah! Shakes them hips, I love the way she 
makes me drool. I think that she is beautiful. She's so lovely. Bites scattered for girls on Talking Tricks for you there. Unfortunately, not playing at this year's Glastonbury Festival, a band that David Lowe cried and was kicked out of the festival attempting to find. But what I want to know is who is the scouting for girls on Ed Kane and David Lowe's lists this year? I'll go to the man to my left, David Lowe. Ugh. David, who are some of your top highlights for the festival this year? So I, I tried to like break this down into yeah a series of acts because I didn't want to keep on going on and on about whoever I'm seeing. I still haven't worked out who I'm seeing. There's a lot of good stuff, but I'll give you maybe five. You can do me your top five. Yeah. yeah. So in no particular order, I'll start with Snow Patrol, yes. who a lot of people think are a really boring band and who are like, oh, what? Snow Patrol, the generic indie. Like... Snow Patrol are a great band with a lot of very good songs. And they, I think they're perfect for this kind of festival. And I think uh, that's going to be one that we should all go to. They've been around a long time, you know. They have been around a long time. You can't be rubbish and be around for a long time, can you? No, you can't. Have you listened to a newish album? I listened the other day, yeah. It's not new-new, is it? But it's newish. There's a a couple of great tracks on that album. And I think, you know... A bit of bass. The thing with a festival band, a festival set, they tend to play the ones that everyone knows anyway. So Snow Patrol have got enough good songs to make that set one of my highlights. Or the ones from Hollyoaks. Well, they only play an hour as well. It's not like you yeah. go into their own gig, so it's going to be an hour. Sometimes they might flow, throw in the occasional cover as well, just for the fun of it. So I think really, sometimes so don't you do... think Snow Patrol are going to play a cover? Yeah, I've spoken to Snow Patrol. <laughs> I will <laughs> bet you a one meal at Glastonbury. Ooh, fine. That Snow Patrol Done. don't play a cover. I know what meal I'm going to provide with you as well. Yeah, one meal. From a, no, I, I get to choose my meal. And if they do play a cover, you get to choose your, your meal as well. Okay, but soup is not a meal. <laughs> well, <laughs> soup's not a meal. Soup's not a meal. <laughs> well, Snow Patrol. Yeah, I don't think I'll take the meal. Uh, I don't want to take my meal. Snow Patrol, good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Snow Patrol, uh, playing the other stage, 6.30, Friday, of course. Who else said you less, David? Away from Snow Patrol, I thought Miley Cyrus. Now, Miley Cyrus... No, Ed's pulling a face here, but Miley Cyrus has like got some good songs, and she's know, got some bangers. I feel like she's also a really good performer. She's going to be the Katy Perry of the last time we went, which was like a really good, you know, it was fun, and I think this will be a really fun one. So I'm looking forward to that. That's my number two. What time's she on, Mr. Abel, <laughs> brother dearest? Miley Cyrus plays the Pyramid Stage on at five she forty. Clashes with someone. She probably she? does. She clashes with. There's um, other stuff on at the same time as her, is there? <laughs> yeah, well, there's there's more than one stage at uh, Glastonbury, which people that have not been to the festival before will not be aware of. Uh-huh. Uh, there's multiple stages. And playing at uh, the same time, maybe the start time is uh, sort of five minutes between on the cabaret stage is Paul Curry, who I would highly encourage people to go to. He's playing a few sets over the weekend, yeah. but that's the main clash I think you're thinking of. That's what I'm going to have for my, uh, my, my free meal. A, car- a Paul Curry. A Paul Curry. <laughs> <laughs> a Paul Curry. Um, I think I might stick my head at, uh, towards Miley Cyrus on the pyramid stage. I think she will be good. Why not? When's she on? Sunday. Sunday. And who's headlining that day? The Cure. On the pyramid stage. She clashes with someone, but I don't know who it is. Paul Curry. Paul Curry. I think there's another music act I might. I might not see you there, lads. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Okay. 
Um, I'll rattle through. Uh, I've just found Who out. Are Who are they? They sound fine. They sound Ladies and gentlemen, I'll rattle through. Um, the act, actually, I think that Kane is referring to is Johnny Marr plays the other stage. Oh, ah, right. done. On, no, on Saturday. Sorry. No. What? He plays on Saturday. Miley plays on Sunday. I don't know who, unless you go into the bootleg Beatles. No. No. I don't know who. She doesn't tend to clash with anyone, really. They've got a free shot, then. They've, they've lined well, maybe her up. Well, maybe I will see you there, then. Well, maybe we will. <laughs> unless you go into Paul Curry. I do, but he's on every day, isn't he, Paul Curry? Paul Curry's on, not every day, he's on a few, a few days. He's on at, but he is on at 5.45, the exact time as uh, Miley Cyrus. Paul Curry's got eight performances. Paul Curry plays uh, a little more sensation at 12.30 on Thursday. plays again at the pavement, which is the sort of outdoor street performing area at 3.15. Friday, he plays a little more sensation at 2.20 in the pavement at 11.45. And then Saturday, he is on the cabaret stage at 2.05. That's where you want to see him, though, isn't it? So what is your comedy? 10 past 12. And, yes, Sunday on the cabaret. He's the pioneer of alternative comedy, David. Okay. I know the name. He won the Comedians Comedian like Choice Award okay. in Edinburgh this year. Oh. It's very much new age clowning and silliness. And it's very, very good. Very I like exciting. silliness. Well, who doesn't like a bit of silliness? And he's playing eight times. So there you go. Those of you that have got the Glastonbury app, if you don't have it, get it now. Download it whilst you listen to this. Uh, he's playing eight times at the festival, so there really is no excuse not to thing with the watch him once. It's just going to destroy your battery, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Why does that make sense, does it? No. It's like, come to, this, come to this field where you can't charge your phone for five days, but you have to download this app, uh-huh. which is going to destroy your battery after a day. I'd imagine you'll get a little... Will you get a little... Will there be a little book this year, or...? Little, there are charging points. A little guardian guide book that they often get and you slip it in your little lanyard. Maybe. Maybe. Hmm. There might be one of those. There has been in previous years, but you know, we're continuously uh, migrating towards an even more environmentally conscious way of operating, even at a festival. So maybe they won't be printing the programmes. The plastic's banned, the baby wipes are banned. <laughs> you look so nervous about it. I've Next, I'll be taking our milk. <laughs> Do you know what? I've smuggled. I, I've taken items into Glastonbury before that you're not legally allowed to take in. And I've never been as nervous as I am this year because I will be taking a large quantity of baby wipes. Now, I don't think you're going to be... Baby wipes are more in the category of you shouldn't bring them. But if you were to bring them, you're not going to be, you know... It's going to be frowned in irons. It'll be, you'll be, yeah, you'll be, you'll be scowled at. By a few people. Emily Evis will shake her head at you. As long as there's no, no narcs around, that should be okay. Narcs? <laughs> yeah. <What? laughs> right, so what would they do? Or just like a, a narc is slang okay. for a narcotics officer. Oh, okay. I thought, <laughs> well, what's wrong with that? I thought you meant like someone who's like not cool. Like, well, like a narc, like, you know. Yeah, like, narcs aren't cool. Okay. Because <laughs> they're narcotics officers. Yeah, okay. Their sole oper- reason for operating is to... Take Dark on people with yeah. narcotics. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, baby wipes aside, David, what else are you looking forward to at the festival this year? Am I sticking on music or have we slipped into another packet like territory here? You, we can go in and out with all the tents. We can go it's, in and it's out. It's like being yeah. at the actual festival, isn't it? 
bit of music, bit of comedy, bit well, of this, bit I of that. I think it is important to mention a lot of people do go to Glastonbury for the first time and see it solely as a music festival, but there is a whole other festival of the size of other festivals in the theatre and circus area, uh, where of course Paul Curry will be, Cain and Abel will be, Ooh. loads of other acts will be there. Um, actually, whilst I tell you what, Kay, uh, David, we will come back to you and your music, but Cain, have you got a few more uh, acts on the cabaret, comedy, circus, theatre and variety areas? Yes, go. Circus, I'm very much looking forward to Yuck. Oh, yes. Yuck Circus, yeah. have you got their time down there or do you want me to find it? I'll get it whilst you speak. Don't um, they're Australian alternative, alternative circus? No, what's the word that Contemporary. Contemporary circus. Australia is just smashing out a lot of good circus at the moment. Um, most of them from Nika. And these guys were cleaning up at uh, Adelaide this year. They won lots of awards. Didn't manage to see them in Adelaide, so I'm very much looking forward to seeing them at some point. Well, can I, I just go. Can ahead. I ask a really stupid question about the circus area? Yeah. Because I went briefly before, but more to see you guys and Paul de Beck, of course. And I don't think I went into the. There's a circus tent, right? Mm. Yeah. The big top. The big so. Top. Does it work like any other stage, or do you? Is it you? Is it ticketed, or do you? You just first come, first serve. Where you get in? It's exactly the same as any other stage. Okay. Um, but it, you've got a flat stage in the middle, and you can actually go in and have a little sit down. So people sit around the. People sit centre. around a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, I will pop there. Pop sure. there for Yuck Circus, and also, well, on Yuck Circus, they are playing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Quite easy to remember, they are in that Circus Big Top, as just mentioned. Friday, they play at 3.05. Saturday, they play at 3 o'clock, when the football would normally kick off. And Sunday, they play at 3.13. Ooh, wow. That's very specific. And these are 40-minute 40, 40 shows. Yuck. Um, the other one that you should as you're typing it into your list now, David. Feeding the fish. Oh, yes. It's only eight minutes long. I know that they're on Sunday at 11.10. No. Yeah, 11.10. Yeah, 11.10. And maybe they're on every day. They are. They're on every yeah. day. They're on Thursday. I'm actually on Thursday. Oh, yeah, much I haven't well. got much on Thursday. Nothing else on Thursday, is there? Well, Kane, tell us a little bit about feeding, uh, feeding the fish, and then I'll, wow. I'll, do, I'll do the dirty business and, and tell people when and where they can see them, well, the they thing, are all over the festival. The thing with feeding the fish is I can't really tell you that much about them, other than that they were awesome, and that I very much want to go see them, because the last time I went to see them, I was paralytic drunk, because I drank a whole bottle of... Uh, Southern Comfort, Ooh, whilst yes. watching Adele. Yeah. Um, and then the... And I didn't realise how drunk I was because I was, like, stood up. And then it came to having to walk out of the crowd and uh, Marty Haley had to carry me out. And so you mean you literally had a, a full bottle of... Mm. Well, I mixed it with lemonade. Ah. So I had two litre bottle, yeah. half lemonade, half Southern Comfort. The plan was to share it with... Uh, You're a selfish prick. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, and... People turn their noses up at Southern Comfort. Why? I don't know. I was like, hey, Marty, do you want some Southern Comfort? And he was like, no. And then, yeah. So I ended up drinking it all myself. Then he had to carry me into feeding the fish. Um, it's juggling. It's juggling. It's light up juggling. Yeah, it's slowly juggling sticks and balls. And they play the Circus Big Top on Thursday night. Yeah. So, I mean, there's not huge amounts of competition at that point, although there is because there's loads on on Thursday night. But 
they're not up against, you know, an A-list celebrity with a, you know, Grammy award-winning album. But they play the Circus Pick Top at 10.06 on the first day. Friday, they play Sensation Seekers at 1.05 in the morning. They play the Cabaret uh, Tent at 10.55. Circus Pick Top at 11.23. And then all the same times and places on Saturday and Sunday. That's Feeding the Fish. And any more on juggling, Kane? Because if not, we've got another guest that's going to join us. Well, Juggling TV are doing spots. They are. And I think that's the guest, is it? Is that the bit you're going to play? He's coming in in a minute. Juggling TV, you can uh, go and see them every single day at 10pm to 4am in the circus field. It's a there'll lot of juggling. Be, yeah, there'll be, there'll be shows, there'll be workshops, there'll be all those kind of things there. Uh, also on workshops, there's a hula hoop workshop with Nula Hula at 2.30pm uh, on the Thursday and Saturday in the Green Peace area. Uh, also on Circus, uh, I will tip a hat to Headfirst Acrobats who play 11.15 in the Astrolab on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. The Astrolab. La- Astrolab Theatre. But joining us now on Talking Tricks, uh, we're joined by Alex Oddball, who is going from <laughs> Oddball's The Jugglers, um, behind Juggling TV, and he is going to uh, tell us a little story, Alex, all about, uh, well, when he performed at the tender age of eight at Glastonbury. I did my first fire show at the age of eight at Glastonbury, in front of about 100,000 people, and that's probably about 60,000 people just after Oasis in 96, and it was like a really big gig, and back in the day, Glastonbury had a lot of money for jugglers, they don't anymore, um, and there was 150 fire performers, all there, and there was a big kind of ring of like fire, fire jugglers, and there's a really just a beautiful piece of thing out. So after uh, uh, Oasis finished, they all the crowd were driven into the fire area for this big fire show as well. So that was one of my first big memories. And then Haggis McLeod, he was above me on a big steel drum juggling. Oh, embarrassing story. I was juggling fireballs, and I dropped one fireball, and it rolled all the way down the stage really painfully to the edge of the stage, and I was eight years old, so I got away with it. This is the strong for you there on Talking Tricks and after him that of course the sounds of Snow Patrol who are one of the highly anticipated bands playing Glastonbury Festival on the Friday evening by everybody here and we're going to run down with a few more uh, top tips from both Ed Kane and David Lowe. David Lowe who else is on your list to see? Um, I'm going to just tip the hat to Vampire Weekend because they're a brilliant festival band and you know if they get the right weather I'm not quite sure what time they're on. I think it's early evening. Correct me if I'm wrong. But um, I think that the, the like some of those songs, if you've got a little cider in your hand and you're sitting in the crowd there watching that, that could that has danger of being like your top festival memory. So are you are you drawing up a time for them? I I will get the times for all of your picks, okay. guys. I can tell you. And Vampire Weekend play the Pyramid Stage at half past seven. On a Sunday, I mean that is ideal time. The sun is still in the sky; it's on its way down. Um, you don't have to worry about you know 
feeling rough the next morning because it's the last night of the festival, so you will anyway. And uh, there'll be no more shows for us, so that'll be exciting. So that's a really good time. Yeah, yeah Vampire Weekend, Sunday, 7.30. Um, and then I will say Slaves, who yes. are like punk, like angsty, angry, two-piece music. I saw them last time, and I think it was like the earliest set I saw it was at 11 a.m., and it was just like the best wake-up call. Like, Hangover was just gone. That was brilliant, and they're playing again. I think pretty early again, so it sounds like everyone wants to come to that as well. I will come t- to, to watch Slaves with you. Yeah. Yeah, they're good. We, saw, we first discovered Slaves when they were supporting Biffy Clyro. Ooh. So if you like Biffy Clyro, you might like Slaves. But they're punky and English, and they're from Kent. Yeah. I, I feel like they're from Kent. Sounds right, doesn't yeah. it? They're, yeah, they're a two-piece punk band, lots of you know, heavy drums, uh, poetic in the lyrics, and they play the other stage on Sunday at one in the afternoon, which is quite early for them. But, uh, they were at 11am last time. 11am, so yeah. So they've gone later, actually. Really? They'll be at three next year. They'll be at three o'clock next year. Time has no meaning at Time has no meaning. No, it really doesn't. Um, Yeah, Slaves. um, Slaves, I think, are a big pick for everyone. Whilst you are on Slaves, I will very uh, quickly mention possibly my top pick for all of the music acts. um, What's your top pick, Abel? Who are similar to Slaves. In a bit, Kylie. they're a little bit shouty, but oh. they're more. They're a five-piece band, and it's Idols, oh. and they play two sets on the Friday. They play the True Stage at eleven forty in the evening, and they play the Park Stage at seven forty-five in the evening. Friday night, Idols, very very good. Um, my favourite song of theirs is called "Never Fight a Man with a Perm," oh. and if that isn't enough of an indication why you should go and watch them for great song titles like that, then I don't know what else I can do to convince you. Did they have a, a rough evening in Liverpool? The song is, is all about, yeah, having a fight, and it's the difference between, I think, well, they describe the man that they have the fight with uh, as looking like a top shop tyrant, and also that he looks like he's on Love Island. But my favourite like, lyric in it is when he says, you're not a man, you're a gland, you're one big neck with sausage hands. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. That's the kind of poet, poetic lyrics you can get from idols, which I'd highly recommend. Uh, David Lowe, any more from you? I'll, I can give you, I'll give you two more. Go on, give us two more. One is, wait, I've lost my arm. You've got your Google I'm Maps. I'm opening Google Maps. You, you can't go home. You can't go home yet. <laughs> um, one is Cape Tempest, who yes. I saw last time as well, and I know I haven't said this yet, but I'm a bit of a crier, uh, especially when I'm drunk, uh, but I wasn't drunk for this, and there were tears in my eyes, it was so powerful, so emotional, so if you don't know who Cape Tempest is, which I know you both know who she is, but if you don't know who she is listening, she's sort of like a spoken word, talking commentator on the times, raw emotion, really raw music, and like I've never seen so many people crying in a crowd. She was at West Holt last time, and it's just beautiful. She's got a new album out, so I think that'll be a really good pick. And I'll finish off by uh, tipping my hat again towards Killers, because I saw Killers before at Glastonbury. They were the surprise secret set last time, and it was amazing. But I think this time they've got a pyramid stage, they've got a bit longer, and you know the Killers have been around so long, they've got so many good songs. Um, it's just unavoidable that I'm going to go and see them, so... Well, 
here for you now is a little bit of The Killers, Idols and Kate Tempest oh. all merged into one for you on Talking Tricks and at, at the tail end of this little musical interlude we will hear from magician Paul Nathan who will tell us why he loves the festival so and coming up we will again also be joined by Steve Best and Ed Kane is going to preview the food for us. All that and more on Talking Tricks. <laughs> <laughs> visionary is a vision I watch her dancing by the window and it rips my flesh to ribbons and the whole world is just ripples in the middle distance I listen to her hips I push my kisses to her lips we move like we were born to move the night is teeth and pistons not see something amazing there you can't not be inspired there i mean it's half the size of san francisco it's the most amazing celebration and there's no cops you know there's no security i mean there is but there isn't like there is in an american festival you go there and you just you feel safe you feel comfortable Everyone is looking out for everyone else and when it rains the whole crowd is pitching in you know you i i saw you know, 300, 400 people on rope lines to help hold up a tent because it was raining too hard and the tent was starting to come down. And all of a sudden, there's just all of these punters that are helping out and everyone is holding umbrellas for people and helping people up. And it's just, it's a beautiful, I, I mean, I know there's fights there. I know that there's, you know, there's, it's it's not, it's not utopia. I, I, I know that, but it just, it seems like it when you're there. And um, I, yeah, I really, I love Love Glastonbury. Not only was I at the festival, but they put me on the indoor comedy stage. My agent brought over a comedian. She was a, a she performed in lesbian clubs in San Francisco, and she goes out on stage, and she just gets her ass handed to her. It was 
genuinely one of the most dismal sets I've ever seen on that stage. And the MC, so by the end, there's a chorus of women chanting, show us your tits, show it. It started with one guy and then it turned into a hundred women. Show us your tits, just show us your tits. She walks off stage, she's nearly in tears. I have to run on stage now because I've been t- trying to calm her down, I, but I know what's coming. Show us your tits, show us your tits. I pop my shirt, I'm like, here's some man booby for you. Little girl right in the front, little girl. She yells, now show us your willy. I'm, this is, I win. I win, Glastonbury. I lean down, I lift her up onto the stage. I've got my, I've got a, a lapel mic. I lean into her with a little lapel mic and I say, you are adorable. What's your name? So my name is Lisa. And I said, and how old are you, Lisa? I'm six years old. And I was like, oh, that's adorable, Lisa. Lisa, tell the nice people what you just told me. She says, I said, show us your willy. I don't say a fucking word. I just grab her hand, turn around, and take a long, slow walk off the stage. And left her there. And then come back out. It's like, if you want to see the kid again, you'll be... <laughs> And then, and then killed it, right? Had a blast. And the audience was on board. And they were loving it. It was, it was hilarious, right? And I, I walk off stage. The crowd is going nuts. I'm back there. Andrea's listening to this, like, eruption. And she's crying now. And she's going, you said it was hard. I was like, well, it's hard for you. You don't do this. I do this. Paul Nathan and before him, the killers who headline on the Saturday night at Glastonbury, idols who play a couple of sets on the Friday, and Kate Tempest who will be on at 9.15 on the Saturday evening at Glastonbury Festival of the Performing Arts, which we are previewing here on Talking Trips. In a moment, I'm going to ask Ed Kane uh, to talk to us about food, because I know uh, a lot of people, or the a lot of people are put off by eating at Glastonbury. There's the, the eight-old adage that you go to Glastonbury and you can just have dodgy burgers all weekend. But we have evolved uh, to a world where you can eat some pretty decent stuff there. But before then, I know on uh, Kane's hit list, we've got a lot more of the world's finest comedy and variety and cabaret stars. Uh, Ed Kane, who's topping that list? Surely it's Spencer Jones as the Herbert. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I think a lot of people will already know of Spencer Jones. David, are you No, I don't. You probably would to look at him. He's been on Live at the Apollo, but I can remember watching him on Live at the Apollo a few years ago and just thinking, how fantastic that this is on TV, because he's very much a sort of um, alternative comedian, you know, and Live at the Apollo particularly has always been about, you know, straight comedians wearing suits pretty much and then all of a sudden they've given this airtime to this guy um, and he's fantastic he's silly it's clowning again I suppose um, so pop along and see you just don't know what he's going to do you don't know what he's going to do so he'll be great you can um, catch him Friday at uh, 1.15 and Saturday at 1.40 in the cabaret tent there in a similar sort of vein, Tom Bins is on. Go see him. I think they're actually on one after each other. He's rubbish. Little <laughs> joke for you there. <laughs> Again, you're never really sure what Tom Bins will 
do. Yeah, Tom Binns is, is before Spencer Jones on the Friday. He's on at uh, 12.40 and then he's on the Sunday at 1.40. I mean, both Spencer Jones and Tom Binns, I remember seeing at Glastonbury a few years ago and thinking these guys are fantastic, but too alternative to ever get any mainstream success. But they both had TV shows uh, in, the, in the last year. So that's great. Yeah. That is great. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? you know. Phil Nickel, yeah. Go see Phil Nickel late night. I think he does a half eleven one night or something like that. He's crazy. Again, he's a comedian, very theatrical comedian. Used to be in the band Able. Corky and the Juice Pigs. Corky and the Juice Pigs. Famous song about gay Eskimos. Yes. You're just making up words now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so he was in this trio and they used to just absolutely smash it and then he went off and did his own thing won the Perrier yeah um, when it was still known as the Perrier um, we saw him at Edinburgh a few years ago doing his hour and it's probably one of the best hours of comedy I've seen for a long time it, it was sort of lots of bits of previous shows but he was a lot more theatrical um, than I was expecting him to be. Very clever use of sounding and lights. Um, at Glastonbury, he's likely to be very drunk and get naked. He is, and, and he's on at a time to accommodate that. He's on at 2.50 in the morning, in the a.m. 2.50? Yeah, that's 10 to 3. Really? On the Friday. Wow. Um, at Mavericks. Ah, oh, right, at Mavericks. Yeah. But when's he in the big... I'll tell you. The big tent. Yeah. Now, Mavericks, for those that don't know, is, is basically a, a, a late-night cabaret um, zone where you can just go and, and watch people do the weirdest, wackiest, most amazing things. Uh, often the crowd is just, uh, you know, a load of streeties and stuff like that, but it's really good. Uh, and then Phil Nickel does play Friday at 10 to midnight and Sunday at half past 11 in the main cabaret tent. Um, Joe Brown's also doing a Q&A, Kane, that I hear you're, you're into. Yeah, yeah. I'd be, I'd, I quite like Joe Brand. Um, never seen her live before, but when I was a little bit younger and I used to work in a coffee shop to supplement my income, she used to come in about half seven in the morning and buy coffee and sausage rolls and then would sit in her car and eat sausage rolls. <laughs> um, and she was always very lovely. And I was usually incredibly hungover at the time, and she kind of knew, and it was, yeah. Um, But the only question I've ever heard Joe Brand answer before is what type of coffee she would like. (laughs) (laughs) So it would be nice to... um, Ask her that on a bigger stage. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Joe, I'm not sure if you remember me, but... um, What type of coffee? Are you still drinking lattes? (laughs) Well, you you can pose your questions to Joe Brand at uh, at 12.05 on the Sunday morning in the Cabaret On On coffee, Yeah. the Churros stand does good coffee. Right. If you want, like, straight coffee. I like to have my coffee at Glastonbury with a little bit of vodka in it as well. Espresso martinis is usually what I have as my first drink at Glastonbury. And where do we go and get them? Cockatoo? Cockatoo? I mean... You're I cock- remember you guys drinking them now, yeah. It's the perfect early morning festival drink, mm. Yeah, you know, when you're a little bit hungover. It's my nightmare drink, though. Coffee and... Mm. No. Well, you don't drink coffee, do you? Yeah. No. Cockatoo is my favourite bar at Glastonbury. It's a little, what is it, Ed? A converted something. 
automobile. It's a converted automobile. Van, yeah, converted camper van. It's got a big cage on the top of it that has um, people doing silk performances and stuff like that. But the cocktails are amazing. They do a turtle dove. They do a bramble. They do... Well, they uh, might have changed there. They might have changed. They might have changed. They do a cockatoo and they do espresso martinis. They're a tenner, I think, or about. So some people might be like, oh, I'm not spending a tenner on a cocktail. Do it. Be the best ten pounds. You will spend that day. It's right on the corner of the theatre and circus field, and it's very, very nice. Uh, drinks aside, Kane uh, and David, surely you're going to eat some food. Where, where are you going to go for your festival diets? Smoke stop. They had one last year. All I can really say is what was there and what was good last year, because mm. there's no knowing, you know, you're here shouting out drinks and prices and location of things. They could be completely different places for you, though. Yeah. People are going to be wandering around the circus of theatre. So they're going to turn up for an espresso martini. It's going to be eleven pounds. They're going to be like, I've only brought a tenner because <laughs> Abel said it was a tenner. Well, any any talking tricks listeners that get to the cockatoo and find themselves one pound short, you can tweet me and I'll come and find you. And I'll give you a, I'll give you a quid, and that's on record. They can tweet you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> even though you won't have any mobile data, there's bound to be no Wi-Fi at Glastonbury. Right. You You're going to be un. Contactable by right. Glastonbury. Well, that was going to be my excuse on Tuesday morning when I tweeted everyone back, but I'll have to buy. Well, then will there be Wi Fi? I'll have to buy a bigger data there's, package. There's 5G apparently. Ooh. Have you read about 5G? I know what 5G is. How do you feel about that you're going to be in and amongst 5G? I feel like it's, it only can be new devices that work with it anyway, so we'll all be just mugged off by it. I normally use about a G a day yeah. at Glastonbury. So 5G sounds like the right amount. 5G's quite a lot, isn't it? For the whole week, I suppose. (laughs) But yeah, there's lots of rumours about 5G. Yeah. Who knows? We might all die. Right. (laughs) But then, that being said, I always felt like microwaves were going to be the death of us all. And now here we are. People have been microwaving stuff around us for years. I've microwaved my pants before. And there's there's been no illnesses towards microwaves. So maybe 5G's a little bit like that. Hopefully. People are scared of 5G, David, you see. I oh. thought you'd know something. Do you know anything about 5G? Not really, no. No. I embrace the future. I'm yeah. not scared of it. Apparently, amen to that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, while we're talking about food. Yes. So I also don't know where to eat Glastonbury. But I know what kind of deals are on. Because you guys might not know this, but if you're a punter, you have to buy your ticket. You don't get it given to you. What? Huh? So, <laughs> people pay to go. To yes, Glastonbury. most people, unless you're a performer, how much does it and cost? And do two sets a day yeah. for half an hour a time, it's uh, two hundred and fifty-five Great British pounds <gasps> when you factor in the booking fee. We should be so, charging more. <laughs> 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 All those. Uh oh, sorry about that. Time to go. That, that, that beep was my Casio wristwatch. That was. That's um, Haggis texting, emailing you, saying yes. you're not charging more. <laughs> yeah. You're lucky you're there. How, he's hacked into my Casio <laughs> with his 5G. So there was a point to what I was saying. So like, obviously, it's a lot of money for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So Glastonbury does its best to make food affordable. And there's 400 food retailers at Glastonbury. I've done my research. Wow. Um, so at least one of us has. And so you could almost have something different for every meal each day. Yes, for all 400 <laughs> days you're there. But there's a sticker on some retailers which says food for a fiver. And that guarantees at least one of the meals on that uh, stall will be there for a fiver or less. 
So you can you can eat every meal for a fiver, which I think is quite a fair price at a festival because you can go to some festivals and it's stupid money for, for food. Um, so yeah, look out for the for the sticker. It's yellow and blue, and if you have a fiver on you, I guarantee you'll get food for a fiver. I don't need to get people tweeting me. They won't, they won't get any change, but if they have a fiver, they'll get a meal. Now, I know somewhere you can go and get free food. Oh, where is this? The, the Harry Krishna's place. Yeah, you can go oh, yeah. if, they're, if they're there again. They'll be there. You get a Harry Krishna's tent and you get free food and there's free chanting. But it's good food. What kind of food is it? Normally lentil-based. Vegetarian. Completely oh. vegetarian. Yeah. Stroke vegan. Yeah. Um, yeah, curries. Things like that. I had a very nice of curry there that once. The type of thing that Neil would have cooked in the young ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah lentil curry. And I remember having a nice pasta there before. And, uh, yeah, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Any more on food? There's some good cider. There is. So I know we're, the train station. we're slipping into drink. I was not going to say that, actually. Uh, There's a Brothers Cider stall which we went to last year a lot. You've got a brother. I do. And he runs a stall and a company, which is named after our relationship. Okay. Uh, so there's Brother's Cider. I think it was like a big van. Had three types of cider. Each pint was four quid. And they came in like strawberry and kiwi. There was like a mango one, I think. It was delicious. Exotic. It was strong. It was ice cold. And you could just sit on the grass by there. And I would I, anyone listening to this now should go and check that out because the cider was beautiful and it was very reasonably priced, I thought. And those travelling on the train to Castle carry Ed Kane, there's a, there's a little something that they should pick up. Well, the last few years anyway. Um, if, if we could go back in time and play this podcast before the last Glastonbury... That'd <laughs> be brilliant. <laughs> be brilliant. Oh, wouldn't I wouldn't have gone to Scout for Girls. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> so many tips for last year. <laughs> None of these things might come, in, come true. Um, yeah. But the last few years, there's been a... I'm pretty sure Miley Cyrus will stick to her uh, <laughs> Saturday at 5.45. <laughs> who who knows? Time. She might support the Spice Girls the night before and then have to cancel at the last minute. My goodness me. My uh, goodness. But, yeah, there's a guy that sells, like, five-litre jugs. Do you remember at school what, you, what they used to have the glue in? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you could get one of them... <laughs> Full of glue. Full of, uh, <laughs> full of cider. Oh, and for it, how much? I'm going to say a fiver. Oh. It's, it's, it's cheap. Is he just like a local resident who's just making a quick... He's just a guy. He has a little, cider a little stool there, and they're just going, yeah, cider, cider, cider. And then there's probably a guy selling ice creams as well at the same time. Um, this will be my first year coming in on the train as I drove, like, well, I didn't drive physically, but I was given a lift last year. How quick... From getting off that train, do we get to campsite? Well, the time that we're going, we're going early in the morning, aren't we? We're on the 10.50 from Waterloo. I wouldn't say that's necessarily early, but yeah. It's early, <laughs> it's early for us. <laughs> as I say, time has no meaning. Time yeah. has no meaning in Glastonbury. I don't know. It it, it just seems to fly, fly by. Does it? Because it's so nice. And you come into Castle Carey and you can see the tour. Yeah. Is that the tour that you can see? Yeah. You can see so. some old bit of brick. Yeah. And it's all green. <laughs> and it's exactly how you'd imagine and the sunshine in. And then you get your cider. I might have a bacon roll there as well. Mm. And then they chuck you onto this old bus that looks like it won't make it two yards down the road. And two yards later, you get off. Two yards later, get on the you get train. Off, 
And um, you pile that. all of your belongings into a mass pile downstairs, don't you, on the bus? Yeah, it's like uh, here's my booze, yeah. here's my tennis. Everyone just throws it all in together. Mm. Bottom decks for bags, top decks for people. Yeah, which is how it should be. Oh. You know? <laughs> it's how it always used on to be on the London buses before before Thatcher came along and ruined it for everyone. Um, <laughs> I reckon less than an hour. People were at the okay. top yeah. deck drinking milk. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it's less than an hour. That's fewer minutes well, that's than 60. And, um, I think it's it's shorter than it would take to walk from the um, the car park if you drove there. Uh, well, I hear it's it's about an hour's walk. Oh, the walk from the car park. I've got another little story yeah. if you want to hear it. I'd love to hear it. I, I would also like to hear yeah, it. Yeah, well, okay. I got, Let's well, make sure we haven't had any emails objecting hearing the story. What are you doing? I was just typing on my... Uh, to check the email. The keys are very hard. Yeah. There's a small baby deer running across the table now. Uh, oh, I, I've actually had four WhatsApp messages. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, Dave, so, go so, for it. So we drove and parked up in a car park quite far from the main campsite. We were not quite sure where we were going to camp. We didn't really have much of a strategy. All we knew is we were being pushed into a camping space. And this is the year that I also bought a big crate of Cronenberg. I think about 24 cans, which is a mistake. And that's another tip that I would give, maybe at the end of the story, not to bring... Because beer's cheap enough. Well, this is the thing. Isn't it? And it's heavy and it gets hot. And the point of the story is I was walking, it was really hot that year. And I got, was got past security, got into the campsite, and then I dropped the crate. And you know how crates are, the end burst open, the cans all rolled out in the mud, one burst and was spraying out everywhere. I was just like, I was fed up. So yeah, 24 cans gone. I think I read on. about that online actually. Yeah, there you was, probably would have done. Yeah. Did you see that yeah. guy that dropped his cider in the mud? <laughs> Glastonbury Virgin. Yeah, the crowd surrounding me going, Virgin. So yeah, basically, I told that story because I, I want people to not bring beer. I want them to bring a bottle of spirits. Not in a glass bottle. Not in a glass bottle, in a plastic bottle. Decanted. Which is also good because uh, your um, lovely girlfriend, Bryony. Yeah. Uh, it's not well, gave, we'll have to edit that bit. Yeah. <laughs> That's not an adjective that most people gave use to describe me her, the, the tip of the, the vodka and squash. Um, combination yes. because you can rehydrate as you go you, you know you top up your, your double concentrate squash with water throughout the day you get absolutely like trashed yeah but without the weight of a tin of uh, crate of beer and as you mentioned earlier there's uh, a co-op there so you can just buy a crate when you're there mm. co-op is, a, is a, a game changer to festivals now people i'm sure are thinking well what's the point co-op will be there uh, it'll be ransacked by Wednesday evening. There'll be no chance of it surviving. I did attend Download Festival and managed to buy a crate after the Sunday headliners. So it was that well stopped throughout the day. They had so many sandwiches that on the Mondays you left, they were giving them away for free. But there's a hand up to my right. <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> Hi. Long time listener, first time caller. Yeah. Um, is it a nice co-op like the one on Walthamstow High Street? Or is it like a standard co-op? Like the one Aaron White used to work in. It uh, probably doesn't sell. How? What's your definition olive oil. of nice? Well, you know what makes a co-op nice. There's nice things in there. I remember there being a, a lot of alcohol yeah. options, 
There was lots of sandwiches, crisps, snacks, those kind of things. Um, Where can you find the co-op, by the way? Where is it? Or multiple ones? Where was it last year? It wasn't there last year. I don't know know exactly where it will be on site, but I'm pretty sure it will be well signposted because I know it was at Glastonbury and I think they did Latitude last year and everyone said what a roaring success they were there. Um, So this, this could be great. I personally will be bringing in 18 tins oh, of cider. Just by what I just told you. Yeah, and I will tell you for why. The year that we crashed the car, wrote the car off, we hadn't bought any alcohol. Oh. And we? We hadn't bought any alcohol. We bought soup and ravioli. And we ate... And, and a camping stove. And a camping stove. Oh, that's We consumed silly. those nicely. And I spent the whole of the festival thinking, I will never go across the threshold of a... F- festival without alcohol because there were points like if you're at your tent it gets warm though yeah but if you're at your tent and you want to walk to a bar that's like a 20 30 minute walk i like to have a nice hot i like to have a nice (laughs) hot cider on my way so i'm taking 18 tins in that's happening you're mad Mm. you'll regret it (laughs) yeah well we are getting close to time here so we better wrap things up um coming up we're going to talk about the weather we're also going to talk about the secret sets and who may be playing those um but we mentioned phil nickel what is it like to follow phil nichols and uh corky and the juice pigs well steve best joins us on talking tricks now to let us know the Glastonbury Festival on, I can't remember what year it was, but it was the wettest on record at the time. Right. It was horrendous. I mean, it, people, you know, the toilets were, everything was a toilet, basically. It was bogged up. I mean, really wet. People wearing Wellington boots getting stuck in the mud. And the com- I was in the comedy tent. And it was a year, so it must have been a long time ago, Corking the Juice Pigs, who oh, Phil Nickel yeah, was part yeah. of, they were on... Uh, it was, must have been about 7 or 8 o'clock at night no, it wasn't or 8 9 o'clock I can't remember what time it was but it's the comedy tent is where it's a compare introduce act compare introduce, I mean it just goes throughout the day mm. and the audience come in and out of the tent it's, about, it's a big tent about 1,000 1,500 you know, people sitting on the floors and uh, so Corkman the Reduce people and they stormed it I've never seen anything like it like mine at the Glee Club but more they got two standing ovations two encores I think it was wow. and then after them uh, Brendan I think Brendan Burns was comparing and he couldn't he came back on and he just wanted more of Corky and he introduced Mr Methane after that do you know Mr Methane yeah. he's very funny I don't know what his real name is wears a leotard and farts at will he's like an old I think there's a French uh, turn of the century last century act that used to be able to fart at will so he's sucking air up his arse and then fart it out and it's, it's true stuff when he used to put micro, he used to put talcum powder over his ass to make sure it wasn't on tape and doing it for real. So he went on straight after corking the juice pigs and he stormed it as well because he was just farting. <laughs> and then he could shoot pellets out of his out of a pea shooter from his fart, the power of his fart. I mean it was funny. Yeah. And then uh, and there was no break and then Brendan came on and introduced me. And that was the first time I think my my wife at the time had come to see me live. So we went to Glastonbury for the because we saw I think I can't remember who was on, Sting was on or something like that. So there's a lot of music on, obviously, Glastonbury. And then uh, I went on straight afterwards and um, it was just, just stares at me for 10 minutes. I had to do, I think, 10 or 15 minutes. And I kind of felt that I kind of got through it. But there was no kind of booing. It was just, just really the the difference between the acts. And then um, I came off stage and people coming up to me, said, you all right? And I said, yeah, I'm kind of all right. Yeah, I think I'm... And he said, well, are you sure? 
And I, what I didn't know was that when I unset my props, because I have lots of different props and things like that, there were little uh, round mud balls. So people have been throwing mud at me. while I, I, None have hit me, so I didn't realise. But, you know, it's just loads of little mud balls. So people have been chucking mud at me while I was on stage for 10, 15 minutes. So that most of them are worse kind of gig. Yeah. yeah. Gatherer is a tough place to play. I've got lots of people. I think festivals generally can yeah. be really hard. Steve Best on Talking Tricks there, sharing his Glastonbury memories. And if you'd like to listen to more from Steve Best, Paul Nathan and uh, Alex Oddballs, they all have uh, long-form episodes of, uh, of this podcast, in-depth interviews with them, so please do check them out. Also, rate, review and subscribe to Talking Tricks whilst you're at it. And if you are listening to this on the way to Glastonbury Festival, give us a little tweet at Magic. You can, of course, include DDD Lowe in there as well, who is our guest host for today, David Lowe. Coming up, we are going to reflect and finish this podcast like all good uh, magazine, I don't know, show should with the weather. But before then, we're going to have a little look at these secret sets. They take place on the park stage on Saturday at 11.30 in the morning and 6.15pm at 6.15 in the evening. What I'd like to know from uh, the person to my left and my right, Ed Kane and David Lowe, is who would you like to see in those sets? That's a good question. <laughs> Thank you. Are you prepared for this, for no, answering this question? I thought the question was going to be who who is rumoured to be t- taking those yeah. sets because there, yeah. there is a list of rumours. Not who um, we want. If you asked me who I wanted, yeah. I mean, I'd love, I would have loved, I'd have loved Muse, who my favourite band, but more realistically, maybe Block Party. Oh. Hey, did you ever go and watch Block Party? I did go see Block Party um, last year, yeah. Yeah. Ali Pali. Ali Pali. Were they really good? They were amazing. They did Silent Alarm back to front and then they started with the last track and went the way back. And it was, uh, yeah, it was a really good night. But I think they'd do a really nice set of Glasgow as well. Are they rumoured at all? Yes, you they are. Rumors? So, I mean, like, yeah, if we're going to go into that territory, Bok Party are actually one of the uh, acts linked because they've got a set in Brighton the night before and a set in Bristol not long after. So, oh, it must be. Happy. And they have got a free night. So, you know... The odds aren't there, maybe. Yeah. Manic Street Preachers were doing some show in Bristol last year, weren't they? Because I was really excited. Because I would like to see Manic Street Preachers, although they are playing Kendall Corning, aren't they? Which they are. We're going to, so we are fortunate enough to, enough to be performing at Kendall Calling. Maybe we'll preview that festival in a few weeks' time. But yeah, Manic Street Preachers, Block Party... Um, who would I like to see? I mean, who would you like to see? I don't know really because I, did, I wrote a list of people that I'd like to perform at the festival before anyone was announced, and Lumineers were on it. They are playing, so yeah. I'm very happy about that. And I've kind of just been blown away with the news that Jeff Goldblum and the uh, will be playing with his orchestra uh, on Sunday at two p.m. on the West Holt stage. So I'm just so excited about Jeff and Idols. Um, in, in an ideal world, because I know they'd be amazing and ridiculous, but I don't think they'd play a secret set on the park stage. Guns N' Roses would just be fantastic. Um, if, you, if I could put anyone on that stage, that's probably... I heard Metallica as a rumour, weirdly. Yeah. But, yeah, I just thought I'd throw that in as well. Uh, the, the, the biggest link, by the way, are Foles. There's a lot of different noise going on about Foles being one of the secret sets, which I, I, think, would be, which I yeah. think would be good. I want my morning jacket. 
That's who I want it to be. Oh. Yeah, I think they'd be really good at Glastonbury. A Wall Nation, I would like. I Ooh, doubt it would be good. them as well. But do you know how you find out about secret sets on how the day? Do because you find out? I didn't know secret sets were a thing until um, one of the girls we went with last time said, "Killers are playing on the other whatever stage it was." John Peel, I think, and she followed a Twitter account called Secret Glasto, which I recommend people following because then they sort of drop hints throughout the day. And then eventually, you know, there's a, there's, there's a reveal. I mean, it's quite exciting. You've got to get yourself up early on Saturday morning to get... And the park stage is quite far from everything else. It's kind of tucked away nicely. Depends where you camp. It is. Close to where the big Glastonbury letters are. And that's mm. a nice hill to go and watch the sun rise or set on. And it's very close to where the BBC have their little shack. They have two shacks, don't they? They have that shack over there. And they have a shack by the pyramid stage. So um, I think that's quite exciting, getting up Saturday morning, going and watching that at 11.30. Obviously, it'd be bang in the middle of Cain and Abel's set, so whether we'll get there, who knows. Anyone else you'd like to see or have heard rumoured to be playing those sets? Rumours, Spice Girls. Don't really want to see them, but rumoured. And I heard... Uh, no, I think that might be it for me, for rumours. Um, yeah. You don't really know much about rumours at all, do you, Kate? Black Keys, Lana Del Rey, Raconteurs. Black Keys? I like the Black Keys. Yeah. yeah. Chance the Rapper. The Strokes. I've heard the Strokes a lot. Well, let's just throw everything out the window. I mean, Strokes Strokes would be ideal, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. I love the Strokes. I don't think Strokes have ever played Glastonbury, but Albert Hammond Jr. is playing on his own. Oh, right. Yeah. Who, for those that don't know, is, of course, the guitarist from... The Strokes, one of many. So he'll be a good, that'd be a great set to go to, Albert Hammond Jr. I'll let you know when he's on. Let's see if it can work. So Albert Hammond Jr. plays Sunday at 8 o'clock. Will he come in a day early? He's playing on the acoustic stage. That'll be really good fun. Yeah. Will I thought be... of who I want to, to, to do the secret set. Yeah, ABBA. Uh, ABBA would be Don't fun. Don't scowl. ABBA. I hate ABBA. No, right. I do hate Abba. I don't want a feature on this podcast anymore. <laughs> I want to be deleted. Okay. I don't know why you looked at me shocked. I love Abba. It's well known that I don't like yeah, Abba. I, I do not like Abba. They're your dad's just... guilty pleasure. So? And then he, so I think he put a caveat on it. I'm not sure if he did. Mum, mum will probably report this to dad. But I think he once said, Abba are my guilty pleasure. And then went, I'm not guilty about it. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe I just dreamt that he said it. But Abba would probably be my guilty pleasure. But I'm not guilty about it either. <laughs> well, I just think, you know. I hate everything about Abba. Well, I hate Abba, Abba hate everything about you, so. I hate Mamma Mia, the film. What? I hate Muriel's Wedding. <laughs> What's what that got to do with Glastonbury? With, with Abba. With Abba. There's lots of Abba in it, isn't there? Is there really? I think so. Oh, you're terrible, Muriel. Okay. Well, I think we're getting close uh, to time here. What I'd like to hear, we started with some bad memories. I'd like to hear a, a good memory from both of you, and then uh, we, we'll, we'll tail out of here with the weather. I believe we've got an exciting weather guest coming up. Um, so, Ed Kane, David Lowe, uh, what have been some of your, your highlights? And uh, if we haven't already tackled it, what else are you looking forward to for this year's festival? It's all good, isn't it, really? I just like everything about it. I like my sandwich. I have a big sandwich. That's something for you to look forward to, Dave, on the train. Oh, yeah? yeah. I make a big sandwich okay. for every glass and brew. I eat it on the way. Do you remember that um, Stilton and Pear sandwich we had? 
We had it. Did on, I make it? No, we had it at Glastonbury. The toasty. The, yeah, yeah, still yeah, yeah, the that toasty. Good. That was wow good. Um, Coldplay, I would say, probably one of the best Glastonbury moments. I would have loved to have seen them. They were amazing. What were you doing? I wasn't there. I have only been to one Glastonbury. That's how I started this whole podcast. I've only been to that one last time. The good thing about Coldplay's set was from first thing in the morning, I woke up hearing them sound check. And I remember I woke up and I was like, oh, there's a Christian rock band on. And it was their sound check. And they gave everyone oh, white yeah. wristbands, which had lights on. And you knew they were going to light up at some point during the set. And I went and watched someone else knowing that when that band lit up, they were on, I should get to the pyramid oh. stage. So You I, missed quite a lot of them, though, didn't you? <laughs> I did, That yeah. was a big error on your part. Colourblind. They yeah. were incredible. And the person I went to watch was not as good as I was expecting. The one thing with those lighting up bracelets is, I reckon, at some point after the gig, they should have just made them late light up and they just brought a really nice moment to your day <laughs> at four in the morning on the Wednesday when yeah. everyone's just about coming back and everyone's just a bit like oh I'm a bit sad oh. and then <gasps> you, it just lights up and you go oh wasn't that good when Coldplay played I think they missed a trick there for that one mm. David you've only done one festival but any more highlights or any take home uh, messages for the listener <laughs> yeah I was just thinking about really good ones we saw last time and I have a good memory of us three moshing and Topless dancing to Biffy Clyro last year, that, spinning shirts really? around and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, the XX last year was beautiful. Um, really nice set. Um, take home message: Go to Glasgow. I'm not actually weirdly a mad like I'm not mad on festivals, but Glastonbury I categorise different because it's just another. I know people say it all the time, but it really is different and beautiful, and everyone should go. We we'll have a great time. I remember having norovirus once when Glastonbury was on, <laughs> I said, <laughs> and I spent the whole of the weekend in bed with norovirus, and I watched all the music, and it was, I can't, I was probably like nineteen or eighteen, eighteen probably, and I remember thinking, God, this is amazing. I wish magicians could perform here. I wish this could be a thing for magic, and then uh, a magician. I think it was Magic Singh who is performing in the walkabout. Field, as well as Sav, two other magicians, why not tip our hats to them? Never met either of them, but we're just one lovely community that support each other. And they're good though, aren't they? They are good, they're good. Well, and they're he performed for Joe Wiley, and I was like, wow, there are magicians there. And I think that's my take-home message. There's a lot more than just the music. There's magic, comedy, circus, variety, and the best of those in the business. Um, but to, to, to end this little podcast here, I, we, we better look at the weather, you know. Is it going to be a washout? Is it going to be a heat wave? I've heard a lot What's of these the things. Table? No one really knows. Uh, well, I've, I've heard rumours, came that it's going to be quite stormy on the uh, Friday night. On the Friday night? Friday night. Whereabouts? Uh, definitely on the pyramid stage. You've heard rumours it's going to be stormy? Stormy on the pyramid stage. They've already announced it. They announced it right months ago, they said. I... I, I <laughs> I think you made quite an error there. I, right. I think it, they, they probably said Storm Z. No, I don't think I don't actually make errors, and uh, <laughs> I've got lots of notes here. Um, what Have I've, you got a note that says that headlining on the pyramid stage is Storm Z, the well-known rapper? Well, what I wrote from Thornton Heath. What I wrote was Glastonbury announced Stormy on Friday night. It's Storm Z. He's a rapper. Right. Hmm. That's like poetry but quick, is it? 
wow, that's a real, that's, that's a real, I don't know what the, what the weather's going to be like, but it's damp over here now, I feel quite embarrassed. No one knows what the weather's going to be like, so it's pointless even talking about it. Right. The only way you could possibly find out what the weather is like is if we, you know, contacted someone in an ultimate dimension. I've been reading a book on black magic, Ooh. and in it there was a spell that you can use to contact people that may have passed. Oh, so it's a juggler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe. Well, it doesn't actually specify who it will be, so it's just pop up, really. Okay. Um, but hopefully it will be a celebrity whose voice will obviously be a little bit different to how most people remember them because they were ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a lot different. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we'll, we'll, do, we'll do this now. Yep. And we'll see who pops up, shall we? We will. Well, uh, yeah. Well, we're going to leave you with the weather now and Ed Kane's spell to contact uh, Celebrity. Thank you very much for listening. Please do rate, review and subscribe to Talking Tricks. But uh, I've been Lawrence Abel. Uh, thank you very much, David Lowe. You're welcome. Thank you, Ed Kane. And I will leave you to do your spell. Yeah. So I'll say it once and then you both have to chant it another three times with me. Oh, right. Okay, right. Go on. So, spirit, show yourself. Spirit, reveal. Spirit, come to me so I know you are real. Spirit, show yourself. Spirit, reveal. Spirit, come to me so I know you are real. Spirit, show yourself. Spirit, reveal. Spirit, come to me so I know you are real. Hello. Can you can you hear me? It's worked. It just just to clarify for the audience at home, it's. Alan Rickman. I thought you sounded like Alan. Alan Rickman's here. Mm. Abel. <laughs> I'm speechless. <laughs> what shall we... What, what could we ask you? What was it like with Kevin Cosner? No, that would be a waste of time. Um, what's it like in the other dimension? No. I, what's the meaning of life? What's the meaning of life? All the things we can ask. What was J.K. Rowling really like? No. Alan, what's the weather going to be like in Glastonbury? My voice is a bit rusty because I haven't had to speak, obviously, for quite a while. But Wednesday, cloudy. Thursday, hot. <laughs> 25 degrees. Friday, hotter. 27 degrees. Saturday, 24 degrees hot and Sunday 21 degrees. Wow, that sounds good. It sounds like Thank you very much, Alan. Oh, I, did I miss him? <laughs> <laughs> ah, David, uh, Alan Rickman was here. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. You, it sounded you, just like it. You passed out because of the, <laughs> because of the chanting, I think. Uh, well, thank you, Alan. Thank you, Steve Best. Thank you, Paul Navin. Thank you to Alex Oddball. Check all of those people out. Thank you again. Thank you, David Lowe. And uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you, Alan Rickman. Thank you, Alan Rickman. That was You're the question. <laughs> He's back. He's still here. That was the has to be preview.
Thank you for listening to Talking Tricks with Cade and Abel. Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast.